harvest. Here we are, our second Sunday of 2022. And our first Sunday, kind of launching our feasting and prayer. Unfortunately, we're doing it online only, but we are looking forward to being back in the room. We sent out an announcement earlier just to let you know that for two weeks, we just wanted to be great citizens of Cornwall and region and area and not be gathering when the Omicron numbers are spiking the way they are. And we're believing that we'll be back in the room in no time. So I'll just thank you so much for your cooperation. And I think it's just a great way for us as a church to continue saying to our city, we love you. We think you're important and we love everyone at Harvest. We think you're important as well. And so we've heard that many of you are kind of under the weather and we're just praying that you'll feel healthy and strong as soon as soon as possible. This morning I want to start a new series uh, for the next few weeks, probably two at least, called Close Encounters of a Spiritual Kind. Throughout my journey with Jesus, there have been times where I've had a close encounter with Jesus and that encounter has defined the next season of my life. It's as if it becomes a map that what I'm going through, whether it's good, whether it's bad, or whether it doesn't even kind of measure on the scale of good or bad, but just kind of what I'm doing, it has purpose and definition because of the encounter. And that's my prayer for you, that you will have a close encounter of a spiritual kind. I'm going to explain that in a minute, what a spiritual kind of encounter is uh, during, uh, during these days of our feasting and prayer. And um, as we look at the scriptures this morning, I want to kind of explain what I mean by spiritual encounter. So let's go back to John chapter 4. I kind of like this format. I hope you do as well. I'm really comfortable more in a teaching mode. I love to preach, as you know, and there's kind of just that unction for the prophetic to flow and to announce and get excited about what God is saying and doing, but it's also important to build. So these are building days. We're rebuilding some things. We are building and ongoing in our lives. And so I'm kind of comfortable with this, and I hope that you'll take some notes. Um, I've got my notepaper out and uh, kind of my school desk already, and I would encourage you to do the very same thing in these messages. And then on Wednesdays, we'll try to tie into that as well so that you can bring this into your first 15, and uh, we'll be all on track together. So what do I mean by a spiritual encounter? So in John chapter 4, Jesus meets a woman uh, at a well, and he's having a conversation with her, and he's describing to her living water, life-giving water, a spiritual flow is really what he's talking about. And she gets caught up in her understanding of what uh, worship is, and she goes, well, I've been taught that it's really important, you know, you Jews, you worship in Jerusalem, but we Samaritans, we worship where we worship. And there was kind of this tug of war as to who's right and who's wrong on how they were reading the Old Testament scriptures. And, uh, and Jesus kind of throws this out. And it's in the context of sitting with Jesus, having a conversation, and Jesus saying, if you would taste the water that I offer, you would never thirst again. That there's a living water or life-giving water. There's a spiritual connection is what he was talking about. And he says this, Jesus replied, the time is coming, ma'am, when we'll no longer be concerned about whether to worship the Father here in Jerusalem, for it's not where we worship that counts. He's going to continue that thought, and I'm, I'm reading from the Living uh, Bible, and I think it says it the best. And he says, look, look, ma'am, um, what you think is important is actually not important. 
And the point that Jesus is making that I want to begin with is that we want to have a heart connection with Jesus in these days. Now, we want to have them every day. But I think starting the year out properly, we're, we're being intentional about this. And as we're being intentional, as we talk about reading scripture, as we talk about fasting and prayer, it's really important that we understand and see that they are a means to the end. And that end is a relational connection, a spiritual connection with Jesus. And so Jesus is telling her, it's not important where we worship. Now that was hugely important to these two groups of people because there was a premise. And this premise, you've got to get this because this premise exists all over today in the religious world. And the premise is this, that you cannot have uh, a proper connection with God or you cannot have an encounter with God unless you get the knowledge piece right. I can't worship God unless I get it right. Now this is going to be really important in a minute. We're going to rehearse some things that we've talked about before at Harvest, but you might be new today and so these will be new ideas for you. And if you've kind of heard this before, we need to all be reminded. So the premise that she's coming from is, I thought it was really important um, that we got it right. And if you don't get your life right, you don't do it right, you don't read the Bible right, you don't understand it right, you don't fast right, you don't worship right, then you don't have an encounter with God. As opposed to, if you get it right, well then, you'll, you'll just have this amazing experience with the Lord. So if you get fasting right, maybe get it long enough, and I needed to spell that for you as Jesus dispelled it for her because it's too easy to get religious when we're kind of, you know, again, the, the, we're looking at an end, a means to the end. And we're looking at the means of spiritual disciplines. So this is important today. So stay with me as we kind of frame up what's going to happen in this month. So the premise that she's coming from, I can't worship unless I get it right. Now, most of us, if I kind of, and I'm going to dig into this, we'll have to admit, we all do this. We all do this because there's something deeply ingrained in us that causes us to do this. So Jesus goes on, he said, it's not where we worship that counts. It's how we worship. <laughs> it's amazing. It's not where we worship, all of this head knowledge that she's coming with, but it's how we worship. And he says, is our worship spiritual and real? Question, I love the way the Living Bible does that. Is our worship spiritual? Is our worship real? And Jesus is asking her, and he's asking us, is your worship connecting at the heart, a real, authentic worship experience with Jesus that's going to have to be a spiritual connection or a heart-level connection? Or are you having a head-only connection? And it's really, really important that we examine this because... There are a lot of people, and I've met them, that they, they really try to interact with spiritual things through their head by studying hard and getting it right. And I'll, I'll say something, it may sound strange to you, but I've met people who worship the Bible. And I want to worship the author of the Bible. Jesus is the Word. And there are people who are not worshiping Jesus the Word, but doctrine and truth and you've got to get it right and if you don't get it perfectly right and of course right is how they interpret it then you can't have you can't have an encounter 
And so they're out there and you will find them and they'll teach on YouTube and they'll teach all over the place and they'll go, if you'll just follow my teaching and get it right, you'll have an authentic encounter with God. Well, Jesus is saying, maybe it's not so much about how you approach it with your head. Maybe it's more about how you approach it with your heart. And so we want worship that isn't coming from the premise, I've got to get it right. I've got, I've got to be right. As opposed to, I have a longing to make a connection with Jesus. Jesus has already demonstrated his longing to have a connection with us. So he says, it's not where, it's not the head knowledge and getting, getting our lives perfectly right, getting every I dotted and every T crossed that causes us to have an encounter with God. But it's how we worship. Is our worship real and spiritual? Is it from the heart? Is our heart engaging with the heart of God? He goes on. Do we have the Holy Spirit's help? <laughs> what a great... Do we have the Holy Spirit's help? Or are we trying to prove to God that we can reach Him? You see, in our heads, most of us, if we've been Christ followers, we know. We would say, oh, I understand about grace. I don't earn it. I don't deserve it. But as soon as we come into a season like this, me included, there's something in me that's going to try to prove my rightness to God by fasting, praying, reading the Bible. See, God, my heart is right before you. God's saying, I don't need you to do anything to get your heart right. I made your heart right. I need you to slow down long enough to have a heart connection with me. And the only way we can do that is literally with God's help. And so Jesus is saying it takes God to connect with God. <laughs> All right, write that down. It takes God, <laughs> it takes God to connect with God. Great thought, Pastor Roy. Many of us are trying to connect with God in our strength. These aren't days to do that. These are our days to rely on the Holy Spirit like we never have before. Jesus says, for God is spirit. We must have his help to worship as we should. Think about it. If God's the one that drew us in in the first place, then it's God who's going to draw us in in these days and make a meaningful, authentic worship experience, a true, real, spiritual experience with Jesus possible. It isn't possible because you're fasting more, praying more, or reading more. Those are things we're going to do. And I'm going to show you today. It's more about a heart that simply shows up and says, God, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here, Lord. And I want to meet with you. I want my heart to touch your heart. And that's my heart for you, Harvest, that all of us will just show up and say, here I am. Here I am to worship. Here I am to connect with heaven. Here I am one more time to say, God, I need you like I've never needed you before. Let's pray. Father, I just pray right now that every single person that's watching this, every person that will play it back, people that will find it some, some time after we put it out there, that Holy Spirit, you will convince us that we actually need you to worship. <laughs> I can't love God without God. I can't come before God without God. Lord, that you made it possible for us to have a relationship with you. It begins that way, it continues that way, and it'll end that way. Help us today to realize, Jesus, you taught something to the woman at the well that you're teaching us today. 
It's not our head knowledge. It's the heart coming, surrendered to you, simply saying, here I am, <laughs> Jesus, I'm showing up today to be with you. Let the simplicity of that overwhelm us right now in Jesus' name I pray, amen. So let's go back to Genesis for a moment and talk about some things that we've talked about at Harvest, but I wanna talk about them again today. And that is those two trees in the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. And that the tree of life represents what Jesus was talking about, a life flow, that living water that only comes from God, that there's only one way. Jesus said one way to God, only one way, and that's through Jesus and our relationship with him. And so Adam and Eve are beginning and, and they show us God's intent that they're hanging out with God. There's like this face-to-face, person-to-person, first-name basis relationship they're on with God. And Satan comes along and he tempts Eve to go to a place that God said, I don't want you ever to go there. And, And it was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And having this idea and being able to know the difference between good and bad. Remember, there was no bad on the earth at this time. And and so Eve begins to think about another way to approach God as Satan is talking to her. And it's important if you kind of know this story that you, you know, you maybe have been taught that there was rebellion, untested rebellion in Eve's heart. And so God needed to see if it was there. And so he sends Satan into the garden just to flush it out and basically say, aha, I knew that these people that I created were so bad, which is horrible. (laughs) What a horrible idea that is. Satan never went after the rebellion in Eve's heart or tried to entice her to rebel against God because there was no rebellion in the earth. There was no rebellion in her heart. So it's really important that you understand what it was that he was enticing, what it was he was approaching. And so when he says to her, look, there's another way. And she begins asking what the other way is. And he says, well, it's in the other tree. And she goes, oh, no, no, you don't understand. God told us we can't eat of that tree because we're going to die if we eat of that tree. And he says, you won't die, Genesis chapter 3, you won't die, the servant replied to the woman, for God knows that your eyes will be open. You'll have a revelation. You will will experience something different than you're experiencing right now. Your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Now I want you to see why this is enticing. Because the whole idea of us having a relationship with our Heavenly Father, having a relationship with the Holy Spirit, having a relationship with Jesus, having a relationship with the three-in-one, the Godhead, is that God promised that we could be like Him, that we could be godly. And in all of our hearts, when we talk about spiritual emphasis, 21 days of feasting and prayer, what we're talking about is getting closer to God. We'll use that phraseology. We'll say we want to get closer to God. Why? Because I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be godly. I don't want to be, you know, uh, what I was shaped in in the flesh, but I want to be what God intended in the spirit, which is God wants me to be like him. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like God. I want to be like the Holy Spirit. 
Well, there it is. We all want that. And Satan appeals to Eve and her, I want to be like God. And he says, you can be just like God, but you don't have to go to the tree of the knowledge. You don't even have a relationship and get to know God and be just like God that way. No, you can go this other path and be just like God. And here's the lie about going that route. And humanity has been going that route ever since and trying. And it's, that's what Jesus has come back to rescue us from. Jesus said to the woman at the well, the time is come that there is a new way to worship. <laughs> and there, the new way to worship is not head knowledge of trying to get it right. The premise that she was approaching is if you just get it right, get everything perfect, you'll have an encounter with God. And Jesus is saying, no, we're having an encounter right now. The premise being from Jesus that the tree of life, that Jesus came to give us life and give it to the full and give it abundant, isn't based on you and I getting it right. And it destroys the lie of the knowledge of good and evil. And so the knowledge that Satan, of good and evil, the lie, is if you live your life trying to do good, avoid evil, obey the law to the fullest extent, if you try to do that and live that way, then you become a judge. And you become judgmental. And you take the, the task of judging out of God, the ultimate judge, out of His hands, and you begin to live as the judge like God. You become like God, but without a capacity to judge, because none of us know the intents of our own heart, let alone the, the hearts of other people. And so, religion has taken the course, many religions and many religious people, have taken the course of the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they try, based on the law, and they try to approach God, if you can fulfill the law, get it all right, examine it right, do, you know, to get this Bible right, if you can just get it perfectly right, you too can have an encounter with God. And I'm here to tell you, that's balderdash. <laughs> do I believe in the truth of the Bible? Of course but I will not put my head relationship above my heart relationship because Jesus said, that's serving God out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I do it, and you do it, and we all do it. And God is calling us back to sit down with Jesus at the living water and pause for a moment and say, I don't want to do it my way. I want to do it your way. And an authentic spiritual encounter with God. And that's what I'm talking about today. I'm kind of framing it up here tediously on purpose. But so we can start this properly. Is whether you're fasting, whether you're praying, whatever you're doing in these 21 days. I want your declaration simply to be, here I am. Here I am. Not presenting our accolades, not presenting our fastings, not presenting our Bible readings, not presenting things to God as if they mean something to Him or they help us attain something because they simply do not. Now we can use them in our encounter with God, but we're simply going to come to God and say, here I am, God, just the way I am, just the way I know you accept me, here I am. And we're not going to do it at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and try to get it all right. Because I can't and you can't. But what we can do is say, God, I need you to have an encounter with you. 
So they're separated. They choose to go this other way, as many, many humans try to do. And many religions teach that you should do. And so they're now separated from God. And in the story, this first story that we read in the Bible, God comes looking for Adam and Eve. God says, I'm keeping my appointment with Adam and Eve. I love this. Even if you and I don't show up, God does. Even if you and I turn our back on God, God never does. And so God shows up for his appointment in the garden to meet with Adam and Eve the way he had done every single day. And I don't know whether they had been with God a week, two weeks, a month, a thousand years. We don't know. We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. And so God comes the way he had every day to hang out and be with Adam and Eve. And the Bible says that he calls, he called to them, Adam, Eve, where are you? I love playing hide and seek with my grandkids. And uh, they're really good because they're still small. They fit into crazy spaces. <laughs> the other day we were playing and my granddaughter Reagan uh, got into the dryer. Um, I don't recommend that. <laughs> Um, I explained to her why that's not a safe place to hide. But she's flexible enough and small enough they can get into these crazy hiding places. Well, Papa likes to hide too. And we all take turns counting and looking and we take turns hiding. And I got some pretty good hiding places. And they get frustrated when they can't find me. And they begin, you know, looking all over the house. Um, I often can find their hiding places because I can get them to giggle. And I'll just kind of be funny and go from room to room and get them. And they'll be giggling in the closet. It kind of gives it away. But when I hide, I'm serious about my hiding. <laughs> and they can't find me. And they'll begin saying, Papa, Papa, where are you? The whole point of the game is not to answer, here I am. Because <laughs> that just destroys the premise of the game. Now, when we're supposed to be together, here I am, and I'll come back to that in a minute. Adam is hiding because he's wearing shame. His sin of taking a different route. That sin has entered the world, and he's carrying shame and guilt and condemnation. He's trying to cover himself because he's realized what he is without God. That he can't approach God without God. The glory of God has lifted off of his life. And God absolutely knowing where Adam is, but wants Adam to answer the question, where are you? Genesis 3.8, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife, Adam and Eve, hid themselves from the presence of God. Here's how I know, personally, myself, when I'm laboring in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, especially in a time like this where there's an emphasis that I you know, first 15, and we're doing some things that we know we're always supposed to be doing, but sometimes we get away from them and we're refreshing that, is that when I begin having the thought, I'm going to get close to God, I'm going to come into the presence of the Lord, there's something in me that, I'm talking me personally, right now, today, that begins to trigger, and there's a part of me that wants to hide because I think about the presence of God and I think about that as being a place of scrutiny, a place of examining, a place where I'm not worthy, 
I've gotten way away from the spiritual disciplines or, you know, hey, I got really sloppy in this holiday season and, and, and whatever it might be. And my mind begins to examine and go through that. And there's a tendency in which I will hide from the presence of God. Now, I want the presence of God, but what I'll do is I'll begin engaging in the scripture reading, verse 15, and then I'll start feeling pretty good about myself and say, okay, now I qualify to be in God's presence. Now, that you have to arrest, that you've got, the, and why I'm showing you this today, that is a symptom of coming and trying to approach God from the knowledge of good and evil and being the judge of saying, well, I'm not good enough to be in God's presence or I am good enough to be in God's presence. None of us are good enough to be in God's presence. <laughs> Only Jesus could do that. And then he gives us the gift by the Holy Spirit to be in the presence of God and live in the presence of God. And so that was God's expectation in the garden. But Adam, because he had gone a different route and gone the route of what ended up by allowing sin to come into the universe, begins hiding. And at that moment, he went from a heart relationship to a head relationship with the Lord. I thought, I thought, and he begins telling God all the reasons why he can't um, be in God's presence. As we want to have this closer encounter with Jesus, we have to understand that there's only one way, and it was given to us by Jesus himself on the cross. Life that he gives us. And he's going to be calling to us in these days. And we, we're not to be in hiding. We're not to hide any part of us. We're not to be afraid of, of his presence being close to us because he's not scrutinizing us. He knows everything about it. Remember Jesus said, for it's not where we worship that counts, but how we worship. Is our worship spiritual and real? Do we have the Holy Spirit help? For God is spirit and we must have his help to worship as we should. And our prayer as we begin this week, as we kick this off, is Holy Spirit, I need you to have an encounter with you. <laughs> I'm not going to hide from you. I'm not going to hide in any way. In fact, I'm just showing up today going, here I am. <laughs> Lord, here I am. And we're going to take the next couple of weeks for sure, and, and just depending on how we cover this content. And I want to look at a number of people from, in the scripture who were bold enough and excited enough and stirred enough by God's Spirit that their declaration was, here I am. And they weren't afraid to come into the presence of God just the way they were. Warts and all, flaws and all, sin and all. They said, I'm here, Lord, here I am. And so God calls to Adam, where are you? And his response was wrong. It was a head response based on his experience of separation. But as Christ followers today, we're going to do away with what the tree of the knowledge of good and evil are kind of instinctively where we sometimes come from our flesh. And we need to worship him in the spirit, knowing that he accepts me, loves me, he's made a way for me. When I come home, um, one of the first things I do, if I'm not sure if Christine is home or not, is, honey, I'm home. <laughs> I may not say it exactly that way, but I'm listening for her response. I'm in the bedroom. I'm in the living room. Here I am. 
And her declaration is, I'm here. And what's happening? We're going to meet up. I'm going to kiss her. I'm going to hug her. I'm going to tell her about my day. We're going to encounter one another in an intimate fashion. And it begins by, here I am. <laughs> and we're going to connect eyeball to eyeball. We're going to connect and see one another and know one another. I want to talk to you about just in a few, few little minutes we've got left. And then for the remainder of our teachings, and our first 15 emphasis, here I am, here I am. Your declaration to the Lord, our declaration is here I am. Not here I am with my Bible, not here where I am with my fasting, not here I am trying to, here I am. And I'm going to do these other things. I'm going to show you why we're doing those other things. So the first person I want to look at is Moses in Exodus chapter 3. And in Exodus chapter 3, we meet Moses who's already, um, he's had 40 years uh, where he's been in Egypt's courts. He's left and now um, he's had 40 years in the desert. We, there's kind of these three 40-year quadrants, so not quadrants, that's four, but 40-year segments of uh, Moses' life. We don't know anything about this one as he's just been a shepherd tending sheep. And God's going to have, uh, Moses is going to have an encounter that's going to become a major encounter. Remember, I want you to have a spiritual encounter, uh, close encounters of a spiritual kind. So we framed it first. How do we do that? Here I am. And watch how this works in Moses' life. So um, Moses is doing what he does every day, what he's done day in and day out every day. Kind of another ordinary day. Tomorrow, the first day is of our feasting and prayer, probably going to be an ordinary day. Probably, um, you know, you're not going to hear the ah of heaven <laughs> in your first 15. Now, I hope you do, but you may not. And it may be a day like any other day. So here's Moses, a day like any other day. And so it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock uh, to the backside of the desert. And he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Exodus 3, chap uh, chapter 3, verse 1. He came to Horeb. Now, it wasn't called Horeb yet. The scriptures are being written after the fact. And so what, what the scriptures are, are recording for us is this ordinary place. Ah, oh, <laughs> I love this. This ordinary place, your bedroom, your couch, a table, what you do every day, first 15, you might say this ordinary moment, this ordinary time, and the Holy Spirit goes, Psst, it's the mountain of the Lord. Today, it's going to be Horeb. Today, it's going to be the mountain of the Lord. And what you don't know is God sees the beginning from the end. And as we come before the Lord, you don't know what today might have for you, what tomorrow morning might have for you, what next week might have for you. These days of, of seeking the Lord, and you don't even know, but God knows. And God's kept his appointment, and God is already there waiting for you. God, in this ordinary day for Moses, it says that Moses is just minding his own business, doing what he's always done, 
But he came to a place that God named. Moses didn't name it. There wasn't a sign there. But God goes, this just happens to be a place where you're going to encounter me. This just happens to be a place in 2000, uh, 2022, in the month of January, somebody at Harvest, everyone at Harvest, is going to encounter God in a way that it's literally going to be a place in your future that you're going to look back on and go, that was a place that I met God. Moses doesn't even know it yet. So he comes to Horeb, the mountain of the Lord, and he had no idea the significance it was going to have. Number one today, just practically talking about how do I have a spiritual encounter with God? How do I demonstrate to God? Here I am, <laughs> our encounter place with God, just knowing faith today. Your encounter spot with God in these days will become a reference point in the days ahead. For, Mo for Moses, everything, everything came back to the grid of his spiritual encounter at Horeb. It goes on, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame from a fire from the midst of a bush. And so he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. So he's out doing what he does every day for 40 years, possibly. And off in the distance, he sees a bush and it's on fire, which may not be that unusual in a desert because things just combust and they're so dry and they burn. But this bush kept burning. And he looked, what? What? <laughs> What's wrong with that bush? I mean, 10 minutes ago it was burning. It should have, it's still burning. Oh, that's my imagination. Go back to the sheep. What? That sheep's still, I've never, I've never noticed that before. I've never noticed that before. That is a, that is something I've never seen before. I've never noticed before. Now we read it. And we're thinking that Moses' experience is a, oh, and the angels are all pointing at the bush and everybody, you know, there's this lightning bolts out of heaven and there's the glory of God is shining all around. It isn't like that at all. It's simply a bush that's burning. It should have burnt in about three minutes time or four minutes time, but a lot of minutes time go by. It catches Moses' attention Basically, what's happening is this. I've never noticed that before. And I want you to think about this. God was trying to get his attention. In these 21 days, God is trying to get our attention. And you're going to hear something in a sermon, maybe even today, or in a first 15, or in your own personal time of worship. Or you're going to be watching worship online. Or when we get back in the room, you're going to have a worship experience. And something's going to take place where you're going to go, I've never noticed that before. I've never heard that before. And it's going to catch your attention the way Moses is going. It, it, it'll be a little out of the ordinary. What I'm encouraging you is focus on it. It's actually the Holy Spirit going, I want to show you something. I want to teach you something. I want to reveal something to you. It never ceases to amaze me. Over, I mean, I've been teaching scriptures and I've been doing pastoral ministry for over 30 years. And I'll, I'll begin to use a story or I'll preach and I'll talk to somebody and they go, oh, I've heard that before. Yeah, 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 I heard that years ago. It was, that was good, Pastor Roy. They're kind of a little condescending. Um, but you know, I, I've heard that, but it was good to hear it again. I've never approached the scriptures that way. At least I try not to. I don't care if I've heard a sermon a thousand times. 
This is the living word of God. I want to sit down with Jesus at the edge of the well, and I don't want to approach it with my head. I want to come with my heart. <laughs> and so even if I've heard a sermon, I'm going to go. I want to listen. And what I'm listening for, I've never heard that before. Now, I'm not talking about a heavy revy or some deep revelation that some great teacher can dig out and go, wow, did you ever see that before? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking in the everyday <laughs> everyday life. I've just, every day, I've read it the same way, I've done it the same way, I've sung it the same way, but today, today there's something about it that catches my attention. There's something about it that I go, I, I, I've never, you know what, I've never really noticed that before. And what I'm suggesting, that's the Holy Spirit's way of saying, dig in a little bit deeper to that area that's catching your attention. Now, you got to get this. I know it sounds almost simplistic, but watch how it worked for Moses. Moses sees something. It catches his attention. I've never seen that. I've been out here for 40 years. I've never seen that before. Number two, take time to look deeper for what you haven't noticed before. Take the time to look for the things in the scripture, in the experiences that maybe for you could be mundane, but you're going to go, they're not going to be mundane. What is it about this? That's catching my attention today, because that's the Holy Spirit. Exodus 3.3, this is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't the bush burning up? I must go see it. Number three, take time to investigate and dig deeper. Take a closer look at what God is catching your attention with. I, this happens to me. I'll be, it'll be um, you know, my morning time. I'm doing verse 15. And I'm listening to a song, and there's something about the song that just, I'm like, oh my goodness. Don't go on from that moment. That's a burning bush moment. And I'm listening, I'm going, and I might begin to whelm up emotionally, and begin crying a little bit. And just the idea of, you know, I, I could be listening to, to a song that's talking about the grace of God, and maybe just demonstrating to me one more time, I don't earn this, and I don't deserve this. I just think about how good Jesus is, how awesome that he would literally sit on the couch with me this moment and I'm drinking my coffee in verse 15 and the idea that I know that he's here, I mostly begin responding to that. That's a burning bush experience. Don't move on from that experience. Dig deeper. Okay, we're just, I'm getting, I'm trying to get super practical with you so you can get everything out of what's happening in these days. And you're going to go, you turn your heart toward it and go, you can actually ask yourself the question, why, what is it about this moment that's causing me to be emotional? What is it about this moment that I sense this connection right now? What is it that's drawing me in closer right now that's causing my heart and my emotions to respond? So, so Moses goes, I'm going to go get a closer look. I've never seen this before. I've never quite experienced it this way before. And you begin responding. Turn towards it. Turn towards it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses! Moses! <laughs> I love this. Remember, this isn't, oh, this is everyday, mundane, showing up for work, showing up, he's showing up, but something catches his attention when he showed up. And he turns toward it, 
And he's going to say even more, what is it about this? And he hears the voice of God call him from the middle of that experience. That's what I want you to do. Something happens in worship, something you're reading, and it causes your heart to be, I call it being warmed, emotionally being drawn in. A heart connection happens. Lean into that. Don't, don't go to the next phase of what you had planned in your, in your spiritual journal. Put, flip it over and go, I'm not moving on. I need to know more about what's happening right in this moment. And you're going to hear the Holy Spirit call you by name. Roy. Oh, yeah. Good, good. Okay. Now, now we're engaging. When God sees you saying, I'm leaning into this. James 4.8 says, move your heart closer and closer to God and he will come even closer to you. God was waiting to see if Moses would take an ordinary moment and turn it into a moment that would change his life forever. Number four, realize the Holy Spirit is calling you to take a closer look at spiritual things in these days. God calling your name. God encountering you. It begins with the ordinary, the mundane, but something catches your attention in it because that's how the Holy Spirit's working. God watching to see if you will take it a step further. Say, I want more of this. And God answering and calling you by name, simply meaning he's drawing in closer to you. And God answered uh, Exodus 3.12. As they're in this moment, God answered, I'll be with you. And this is your sign and I am the one who sent you. When, you've been, when you have brought the people of Egypt out, you will worship God on this very mountain. The last thought I want to leave with you is, as we encounter God in these days, and I know we will, our encounters with God, our burning bush experiences that become defining moments for us in, in February and March and April and May, and that's why we're doing these things, much of this we will use even in church direction where we go as a church because here's what God is saying. The people that will find salvation in the days ahead are depending on you and I. Like we don't even know who they are yet. They haven't even come yet. But they will. And they are depending on us to have established a place called Horeb, the meeting place of God. They are depending on us, even though you and I, it's, in, it's down the road. We're not even really thinking about that, but God is saying that you need to understand, I'm with you. I'm the one that's meeting with you. And when the people come to know me, when the people hear me call them on a Sunday morning and they respond, or in a coffee shop when you're talking to them, or a family member that you're praying with, and they say, I want to take a step, and I want to be set free from sin. I don't want to pursue God through the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I can't do that anymore. I want to know the living God who knows my name. Those people, when they're brought out of, out of the place of Egypt, you will worship God in this very place. Your place of encounter, this very place, my place of encounter in the next 21 days, becomes the very life that we're going to give another person. I don't want to give anybody religion. 
I don't want to give anybody stuffy, old, lifeless approach to God out of our head. I want these to be days that as we encounter God, we create an atmosphere where they will encounter God. And I know that you're on board with that. I know that's where we're all going. And I'm simply asking you to do as Moses said. As God's calling our name, here I am. Here I am, and this is what I want. God, I want a face-to-face, heart-to-heart, a close encounter of a spiritual kind. God bless you today as you dig in and you apply these things in your life. But just before we go today, I want to ask, is there anybody today that you're watching and you realize that you don't have that kind of of relationship with Jesus? And like Adam, you've been hiding. And if you were honest, you would say, I've done so many things that I, I would love to come and be with God, but... I'm sinful. I know I'm dirty. I I know I've done some things I shouldn't have done. And all of us, the Bible says, all of us like sheep have gone astray. But Jesus today is coming, calling your name. And I want to tell you today that you can be washed clean. You can have your sins forgiven once and for all. And no amount of work on your part will ever accomplish that. Jesus did the work on the cross of Calvary. And he's offering that free gift of salvation to you today. And if you'd like to receive it, I want to pray a simple prayer with you today. And if I would just ask you to, right where you are, that you would pray this prayer with me, saying, here I am, warts and all, and sin and all, and I want a relationship with the Lord. I want to pray this prayer with you. Why don't you just bow your head right where you are and pray this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me so much that you're calling my name today. I understand that you love me. I want a relationship with you. Come into my heart. Forgive my sin. I receive the free gift of salvation today. I receive it. Come into my heart. Live in my heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time, would you just let us know uh, down in a chat or we have, um, uh, we have a Bible that we want to send out to you. And the Bible says the angels of heaven are rejoicing. There's a party because you chose to receive him today. Harvest, Christine and I love you so very, very much. We're praying for you in these difficult days. Please pray for us. Uh, We're having difficulty just like everyone else. And we just need that sense of grace to continue leading you with excellence and uh, to be all that we can be uh, so that we can lead you properly in these days. So we want to be the best pastors we can be. And we're asking you to pray for us as well. Today, I hope you've enjoyed. Here I am. I can't wait to see you Wednesday night. We're going to have a, a live time just for a few moments uh, at 7 o'clock, and we'll log on together and uh, uh, have a time of feasting and prayer. God bless you. Have a great week.
Shoulder. 